we have been we have been as a church walking through the gospel of mark for quite some time actually but it's been it's it's been a great process because we've been able to walk with and it even says up there a journey with jesus we've been able to walk and hopefully learn kind of as the disciples have learned all right, we've been able to to take a step back and look from the outside, and, and 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 but also try to put ourselves in those situations and say, God, what what do you want us to take out? And so we're going to continue that walk today, and 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 I want to start with a story. As you can tell, I like stories, um, not only telling them but experiencing them as well. And this one has to do with our junior hires. We have on Wednesday night a junior high group that we lead, and we were starting a new series. And we were starting a new series, and uh, it was entitled One Month to Live, uh, Living as Though You Only Had One Month to Live. Would that change how you live and how? And I thought, you know what? If I had one month to live, I'd eat cookies. I'd eat a lot of cookies. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't matter, right? So, so what I did is I, I decided to make, I, I thought it would be good to make cookies for, for the junior hires, okay? And, and, and some of you are smiling because you remember this. Um, and so since it was my idea, I should make the cookies, right? It's, it's only logical. Um, but you have to understand that I don't get in the kitchen very much to do much baking or cooking. Okay, so this was, for me, probably a big undertaking. Um, I, I actually got off to a great start um, because I, I found the recipe for the chocolate chip cookies. And so that's step number one. I'm, I'm in there and I'm conquering. Okay? So... I found the recipe, and but my kitchen experience immediately took a turn for the worse. And what I did is I, I looked at the recipe. I glanced and looked through the ingredients, and I was like, all right, I think we have this stuff. And then, and, and then I looked at the directions, and it said to mix the ingredients together in a large bowl. So, well, <laughs> I can do this cooking thing. And so I, I grab a large bowl. I start dumping things in, I'm mixing and everything. Kristen was, is, is a very wise woman, and she was hovering around the kitchen, and, and, and she, she comes in and says, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up the cookies, it says, and she's like, no, 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 what? You can't put that in for it, you can't, Paul, what? And, and so, and so what I learned she was explaining to me that you're supposed to cream the butter, and I, I literally have to look to, to see what the directions are. Because I asked her last night, I said, how are you really supposed to do it? So I'm reading the directions right now. It says, so she came over, and you're supposed to cream the butter and the sugar first. Who knew? <laughs> then add the rest of the wet ingredients. Well, what do you do? Is an egg a wet ingredient? Is that damp enough to be, okay? So any, those are things I did those are things I didn't know, okay, unaware. And, th- and then you mix that together, and then you add the dry ingredients and, and so on. And I'm like, well, who knew? I mean, the direction said mix the ingredients in a large bowl. Who's with me? Come on. Thank you. Some honest people in the room. I appreciate that. So, so what I learned is that I really didn't know how to make chocolate chip cookies all that well. But w- what she was doing is I think she just wanted to make sure I didn't waste all the ingredients for this double batch of chocolate chip cookies that I was making. Um, but thanks to Chris, and the ter- cookies did turn out okay, and the junior hires ate them all. We didn't have any problem, right? Okay? Because we love chocolate chip cookies. And 
uh, Kristen was able to come in and help me because she knew the correct process for baking cookies. Okay? I didn't. Had I been left to my own devices, I would have messed up every single one of those cookies. And, and here's the point, is that Kristen, Kristen knew the right process. She knew the right process for making cookies. I did not. Okay? And knowing and following the right process isn't just important in cookie making, is it? We know that following the right process is also important at school. Following the right process is also important at work. In fact, there are entire jobs that are making sure processes are followed. And there are jobs that are all based on improving processes and making sure they're followed. So making, making sure all those processes are being followed and this whole idea of process is also important in our spiritual lives as well. And sometimes that can get overlooked. In fact, the Bible actually is full of spiritual processes. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to take a look at just one of those processes today. So everybody grab your Bibles. Everybody grab your Bibles. We're going to turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 13. Mark 10, 13. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16, say, Then they brought the little children to him, him is Jesus, and he, that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. He goes on to say, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. At first glance, when we read this scripture, we tend to look or focus on the children coming to Jesus. Okay? And, and rightfully so, actually. In fact, in it we see how God loves children, how God loves the little ones, right? We also see, as adults, that we need to have childlike faith in order to live eternally with him. And so this is, in fact, the spiritual principle that Jesus wanted to communicate to him, that we needed to have childlike faith. But this morning, let's take a few steps back. Let's take a few steps back and uncover this process from a different perspective. In the scripture that we just read, Jesus is talking to the disciples. All right? This is who he's communicating with. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the process the disciples went through to get to the spiritual principle that Jesus communicated. So let's look at this passage from the disciples' point of view. The first thing we notice is that the disciples had an I-thought moment. I'm going to call it an I-thought moment. Maybe you have had one of these I-thought moments and, and let me explain. This, I think this story will help illustrate it. I, I've done roofing for longer than I care to remember. Um, and throughout that time, I went from being a ground guy and carrying shingles up and getting yelled at to um, being a shingler. And so in this process of learning how to shingle, our, the company I was working for at the time, we were shingling um, a large horse farm in the McGuanago area. And so uh, 
those horse farms, they had all those huge enclosures, enclosures, and some of these outbuildings and everything were this were as long as two barns kind of put together. So they were huge, huge buildings. I don't know what they did in them. They must have had a ton of horses or needed some indoor space or something. But um, we were shingling those. And, and, and how you do that when it's something that big is you have to, you get about four or five guys on a side and you shingle up the roof. When the top guy gets to, all the way to the top, we all jump back down and you shingle up your next run. So that's what we were doing. I was somewhere in the middle. Okay? I was in the middle and, and, and that, that's when my I thought moment happened. Okay? Because what I noticed when I was shingling is that my courses started to get off. And if, if you know anything about roofing, you know that it's a cardinal sin to have a crooked roof. There, you can't be a roofer unless you can roof a straight roof. Okay, that's. I don't think they even give you a nail gun unless you can do that. So, my courses started to get off. So that's when my I thought moment occurred, and there I was, wondering what should I do. So I did what any of any of you would do. I, I continued on. I plowed forward because I thought I could straighten them out, okay? My boss comes over to see how we're doing, takes one look at the roof and says, Polly, what are you doing? I'm like, what? what? He's like, this is, all, this is all crooked. I'm like, yeah, I know, I, I know Tom, but I thought, I thought I could straighten them out. And, and he looks at me, trying to be super gracious. Could have very easily blown up at me. Big sigh. So what did we all have to do? Everybody had to stop. Stop shingling. We had to tear off about a third of what we had shingled that morning and restart. Time and materials. My boss wasn't happy. Okay? Because I thought I could straighten it out, but clearly I didn't. Or I couldn't. And you know what? I didn't hear the end of that one for a while. You have to pay your dues on that kind of stuff, especially in the trades. And so, but the disciples found themselves in one of those moments in the story that we read. That was the situation that they were in. And by the time we catch up with the disciples in this story, they had been with Jesus for almost three years now, and they thought they knew what Jesus wanted them to do. So they didn't stop, like I should have, and, and they didn't ask Jesus. They didn't even look over, seemingly, to get a head nod or anything like that. They made a decision on the spot because they thought they knew. They thought Jesus doesn't want to be bothered or doesn't really need any visitors right now, especially kids. Now, with Jesus so close, with, with the disciples, this time they've been walking together for three years, with Him so close, who wouldn't take just a little time to stop what they're doing and ask Jesus what they should do. Doesn't that make sense? Wouldn't that make sense? But the thing is, is very few of us do. What happens a lot of times is, is we carry on throughout our busy lives making all kinds of decisions, interacting with all kinds of people, never once stopping to talk to Jesus. We assume we know what Jesus wants us to do, so much so that we seldom take time to even consult Him. So here's what the disciples learned. Here's step one in our process that we're talking about this morning. 
Step one is, no matter how long you've been following Jesus, you still need to stop and look to Him for direction. Step number one, stop. No matter how long you've been following Jesus, stop and look to Him for direction. You, you see, when we don't take the time to stop and ask, what happens is we allow spiritual pride to creep into our lives. Spiritual pride actually keeps people from doing what God wants them to do. I think the disciples would tell us that when we take our eyes off Jesus, we end up thinking we have the answers. See, the disciples thought they were doing the right thing. Jesus was tired. He needed some sleep. He didn't want to be bothered. They were trying to protect him. But in the end, they didn't do what Jesus wanted. They did what they thought was right. In this case, had Jesus not corrected the disciples, the disciples' decision could have literally kept kids from having an encounter with Jesus. Did you ever think about that? What about you and I? Has our periodic refusal to not stop and look to Jesus for direction kept anyone from encountering Jesus? That's a tough question. This is a good time for me to stop, though, and mention a few things this story is not saying. The story is not saying that we should throw common sense and logic out the window. God gave us a brain. He intends for us to use it. With that being said, though, Jesus is not desiring us to stop and wait to hear his voice on which gallon of milk to purchase or whether we should have a ham or turkey sandwich, necessarily. But what Jesus does want us to do, however, is to stay in a relationship with him. It's the heart of what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 when he says, Pray without ceasing. In other words, stay in an attitude or mindset of being in a constant, ongoing relationship with Jesus. If we can do this, we will not miss what God wants us to do. The disciples would tell us this morning that it doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus, you still need to stop and look to Him for direction. This is step one in our process. You know, this wasn't the only time the disciples had to be corrected. In fact, earlier in Mark chapter 9, in just the previous chapter, it happened twice. The disciples couldn't cast a, a, a demon out of a boy, and Pastor Mark actually preached a sermon on that a few weeks ago. And so Jesus had to come back and he had to correct him there. And then, and then later on in the chapter, they were arguing about who would be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Clearly that needed some redirection as well. We could go through the entire Gospels and find many stories of the disciples not doing what Jesus wanted them to do. We could find stories of them not understanding what Jesus was saying. And, you know, the only other group that Jesus got very frustrated with like that were the Pharisees. Did you ever think about that? The Pharisees were the group of religious leaders of the day. They were well-trained. They knew the Old Testament inside and out. And they were looked to for religious counsel. But the Pharisees were constantly getting it wrong not understanding what Jesus was doing or what he wanted. They seemed to never understand what Jesus was saying. You know, in a lot of ways, there were some similarities between the disciples and the Pharisees, weren't there? A few. But there was one glaring difference between the two groups, and it's very important. The difference was that the disciples decided to respond to Jesus' correction in humility. The disciples listened to what Jesus said, then followed it no matter what it was. The Pharisees, however, never responded to Jesus with humility 
ever. They never did. You see, both the disciples and the Pharisees got it wrong a lot. They both did. But the difference was, is the disciples adjusted their lives in humility to what Jesus revealed to them. Step two in our process this morning is to adjust your life in humility to what Jesus reveals. God wants us to adjust our lives in, our lives in humility to what he reveals. The Pharisees, they never did. They never did. That's why the Pharisees never got it. See, the great thing about Jesus is that he didn't expect his disciples to do everything right. He never did. But what he did expect, he did expect his disciples to adjust their lives in humility to what he revealed to them. And in our text today, that's exactly what they did. Once they heard Jesus was displeased, they allowed the kids to go to Jesus. And a lot of us might be sitting here saying, well, who wouldn't adjust their lives to what God reveals to them? Isn't that what we're all supposed to do? Well, a lot of times we don't. A lot of times we don't. It's a lot harder to do than we realize. See, it's, it's easy for us to follow Jesus when things may be going well or when we're right on a situation or when we agree with God on something. But it's a lot more difficult becomes a lot more difficult when God wants us to adjust our lives to what He has revealed. I have a friend who I went to school with. We did our undergrad work together. Um, he went on to, from his undergrad to med school. He finished med school and completed his residency, and he, he became a doctor. Um, super sharp guy. And he... He got a job as a doctor, um, a full-time job at a hospital, and then he also picked up a, a day or two in a clinic and and was living. Kristen and I went to visit him at one point in, during that time, and they were living well. I mean, it was that'd be pretty cool. Uh, they picked up a lot of uh, school debt along the way, <laughs> so I think that's what keeps people from doing that. There's There's a lot involved. It's a lot of hard work, but... They were living well, but here, here's the thing. Uh, during this time, God had been really speaking to he and his wife about something, and God had laid on their hearts for years a desire to help their church become more outward-focused, to meet the needs of the people in their community and around the world in very practical ways. That was something that, that God had really been uh, putting on their hearts. And so after much prayer and discussion and hard work, they adjusted their lives in humility to what Jesus had been revealing to them. What they did is they put their beautiful home up for sale in a tough time to sell a house in order to move closer to the community they were trying to reach. And my friend ended up quitting, um, stepping down from both of his positions and moved his family to a different house and picked up a part-time job as a doctor at a local hospital and then ended up coming on staff at the church that they were attending as a volunteer staff pastor, a volunteer staff member to spend his time on something God had been calling him to do. Those kind of situations are a lot easier said than done, aren't they? Maybe you have a sense that God is telling you to adjust your life to what he's been revealing. And so let today be the day that you say yes and act on what he's been speaking to you about. So step one in the process 
is no matter how long you've been following Jesus, you still need to stop and look to him for direction. Step two is to adjust your lives in humility to what Jesus reveals to us. And step three, it turns out, is a result of following through with steps one and two. After you've done steps one and two, this is what happens. God will reveal spiritual principles to you. That's exactly what he did for the disciples. The last step in the process is God reveals spiritual principles to you. This only happens, however, if you're willing to respond to him in humility and make the changes he is asking us to make. You remember the Pharisees? Jesus never got to this point with the Pharisees. He never got to this point because it was impossible the thing is, is God literally can't reveal a spiritual principle to someone who is unwilling to listen. That's just a reality. That's why time after time, the Pharisees, they heard it over and over, and, and they never understood what he was talking about. Or maybe they just didn't want to listen to what he was saying. But each time they interacted with Jesus, they chose to be disobedient. But when we are willing to listen and obey and adjust our life accordingly, then the disciple, like the disciples did, God can reveal those spiritual principles to us. And so let's look back in the text. What was the spiritual principle that Jesus was able to reveal to the disciples? It says in verse 15, I tell you the truth, if anyone will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, he will never enter it. That's a pretty significant spiritual principle. And they would have missed it had they responded incorrectly. You know, this, this process that we've talked about in these three steps has actually played out quite a bit in our homes. I don't know if you've realized this, but parents, when are you most likely to be able to really teach something to your kids? When are they most likely to learn something from you? It's, it's when they're willing to listen, isn't it? Kids have an uncanny ability, and I think we all do, to actually tune people out. They can almost, almost not hear anything that you've said. In fact, um, in, in our six years of parenting, we've actually seen that happen and uh, quite a bit where you just think like, didn't I just say that? Okay? And, and for whatever reason, it doesn't register. But, but, but here's what happens. When, when they're willing to listen, imagine for a minute your child made a mistake. Maybe they had an I thought moment, okay? Like I had had on the roof. And when that truth is revealed to them, the big question is how are they going to respond, isn't it? Right? Parents, we know that. How are they going to respond? If they respond like the disciples in humility and are willing to make changes, you can reveal why they shouldn't have done that. And they will learn from it and move on. Right? That's the process we all desire. Hopefully it will just always happen that way. But if they respond like the Pharisees, stubborn and unwilling to listen, they will not understand or they will refuse to understand the principles you are trying to communicate. I think that's why my dad had to have so many sermons uh, preached at the kitchen table with us kids, because it took a few to uh, get some things through our heads. 
So students, here's what I want you to remember. Students respond in humility and be willing to change. And parents, let's not forget the kind of grace that Jesus extended to his disciples, right? I think both of those are very important. You know, God calls us all to follow this process, doesn't he? We're all called, young or old, new to Christ, been following Christ for a long time. We are all called to follow this process. He wants to show us this morning that no matter how long you've been following Jesus, you still need to stop and to look for him to, to, for direction. Then adjust our lives in humility to what he reveals. And last, what he'll do is he'll reveal spiritual principles to us. And that's when we learn. That's when we see God uh, that, that's when we experience the times of, man, I can really understand. I see what he's saying. I, I see what the scripture is saying is when we follow this process. See, this morning, God wants us to be like the disciples. After all, if we know Jesus, we are his disciples, right? And if we are his disciples, then, then we should be responding to Jesus like his disciples did in the New Testament. See, God is always trying to speak to us. He, he's always trying to instruct us, and, and He's always trying to reveal Himself to us. So the question for us this morning is, what step do you find difficult? What step, what step is most difficult to you? What is the one that you have the hardest time with? Maybe, maybe you have the hardest time stopping and looking to Jesus for direction. Sometimes, a lot of times, it's doers. And you want to do her, you make your list and you get everything checked off and praise Jesus when the list is checked off. That's your big time to celebrate. Okay? As doers, a lot of, we can have a hard time stopping and looking to Jesus for direction. Or, or maybe your spiritual walk looks a little bit more like the Pharisees as far as how you respond to what Jesus is saying than the disciples. This morning is going to be our opportunity to be able to change that. And so, as, as we conclude this morning, and I'm going to pray in just a minute, as I pray, I want you guys to be able to talk to God at, just on your own, in your own words, and be able to communicate with Him what He's been speaking to you about this morning. Take advantage of that opportunity. I, I don't know what that prayer is, but He knows, and He wants you to be able to adjust and make the appropriate changes. Would you please stand with me this morning? And, and, and let's just let's pray that God would help us follow through with this process each and every day. God, we want to thank you, first of all, for your word. God, we thank you that your word makes it abundantly clear in what we should do. But God, a lot of times that can be difficult to see a lot of times it can be difficult to hear because our, our schedules can be so busy our lives can be so crazy that sometimes to stop and turn to you for something can seem to to make everything come to a standstill